Big Rap Show podcast is kindly sponsored by G1 Reads. They are the champion's choice, with many bands around the world playing G1 products, providing everything you'd need to hit the circle or the big stage. So check out G1Reads.com as they keep the lights on here at the Big Rab Show podcast. Hello there, everyone, and welcome to another Big Rab Show podcast. How are you, folks? How are you, rightly? <laughs> All right, <clears throat> here it is, the start of November. And uh, yeah, believe it or not, you might think that the piping world will be slowing down by this stage, but uh, no, if anything, it just continues to ramp up. I don't know. This past weekend has just been intense in the piping scene, and we're going to talk all about it. Plus, of course, we've got tons of great piping action to look forward to. Uh, yeah, we're about to get into all of it on this week's podcast. Well, by way of introductions, let's go through the introductions, shall we? We are The Big Rab Show, the show for the bagpiping folk, reflecting everything in the bagpiping world, being Celtic music, folk music, or indeed our bread and butter, competitive piping and drumming. Each and every week we're here talking about what we know and love to be the music of the Great Highland Bagpipe, and other bagpipes for that matter, and its people. Yeah. Like every other show out there, yes indeed, we do have a Patreon, so if you would like to, you can go and check out the link on the show notes right now, click on support and you can get your mitts on loads of extra stuff, including our weekly Fuse FM Balamoney radio show, uh, so that's a bit of a catch-up service, so if you do happen to miss the show live, you can go to Patreon and download it and listen to it whenever, whenever suits, and there's a huge back catalogue there, actually years worth of radio shows up there now, and when you can sh- Consider that each radio show we do is two hours long. Yeah, you can do the mathematics. That There's so many hours worth of radio content there just for supporting us on Patreon. Uh, plus, there's loads of great video content back there too. Uh, exclusive interviews, episode of Rab Show, episodes of Rab Show Plus. There's so much. Yeah, so <clears throat> shout out to our Patreon faithful. You guys are they really are. Uh, so, right, let's get into our show, good and proper. Each and every week, we open the doors to our listener mail, and uh, yeah, this week is no different. Our email address, bigrabshow at gmail.com. That address again, bigrabshow at gmail.com. We've got loads of great emails in this last while, and uh, well, I have to give this particular, this, is, this one actually really quite tickled me. This is quite funny, this one. This one came in from Connor Stadilski. And said, I was wondering how to get a shout out on the Big Rab Show. There you are. So you just did, Connor. There you go. A shout out on the Big Rab Show. <clears throat> there you go. Shout out to Connor. Uh, so, yeah, if you do want to shout out yourselves, then, yeah, email us. BigRabShow at gmail.com. Uh, we also got another email in here. This one came in from Paul. Saying, shout out to the Big Rab Show. Thoroughly enjoyed your weekly drone show. Full credit to JD and all of his hard work. That is months worth of material there. You've just landed in one episode. A long episode. Yep. Yeah, it was. Absolutely. A long episode, but a good one. Thank you, Big Rab Show team. Keep up the good work. There you go. Thank you, sir. Much appreciated. Uh, so, yeah, we did get a few other comments as well on weekly drones that we did discuss. Uh, we even got a weekly drone about a weekly drone. And we'll, we'll talk about that later. Uh, so, yeah, tons of great stuff coming through our email box. So, as always, please do keep your comments, queries, and all of that kind of stuff coming into us. Our email address, bigrabshow at gmail.com. That's 
our email address hasn't changed and so i have no doubt rolling through november december and into next year there'll be a lot for us to discuss as we're rolling into this new season we've got a lot of big news stories to tackle this week that i am sure will generate some correspondence so there you go just wanted to put that out there at the very beginning of the show bigrabshow@gmail.com. that's where you can go and do that right let's get into well the next part of the show i guess it's time for word of the week Word of the Week here on the Big Rapture Podcast. Progress. Yes. This week's Word of the Week is progress. Now, for many different reasons. I'm sure you'll hear later on in the show, uh, we've seen quite a bit of progress. Uh, with a few outstanding stories that we've been keeping a track of, and we'll talk about that in the news and updates. Uh, but yeah, progress. This is the time of year where you should see actual progress with your plan. Normally throughout the competitive season, a lot of us don't really focus on progressing our ability as a player. Whether you're a drummer, piper, drum major, whatever your focus is in the piping scene... You know, throughout the competitive year, all you're really trying to do is be competitive. You're not really focused on what you're doing. Specifically, you're more focused on what the collective is doing and try to be a better group performer. But it's around this time of year where people can really knuckle down and focus on their own individual plan. I know for myself, personally, normally it happens for me during the winter months that I do see progress in my plan. Thankfully... I'm touching wood right now. (laughs) I have seen a little bit of progress in my own plan. I recently compared recordings, and uh, I know that's a dangerous thing to do sometimes. Uh, But a recording that I took this week just for my own practice session, but listened to it back, and then I compared it to an earlier recording that I took uh, last month, actually. Playing the same tune, and I did think to myself, I'm playing this slightly better now. And listening to the recording... Watching it back, I go, yeah, well, yeah, actually, I am. Now, that was a real shot in the arm for me, if anything. Yeah, it showed me that, yeah, I am making progress. And, yeah, I I believe, you know, this is, honestly, the time of year where a lot of you guys out there who will be thumping your way through tunes and sets and everything and learning new competition scores for next year. Now is the time that you will see actual progress in your own playing. And so, uh, yeah, that's that's just kind of what inspired this week's Word of the Week. I do know there's a good number of players out there who are pushing themselves and either trying to stretch up a grade and, uh, yeah, learning some challenging material. Or perhaps there's soloists out there who do want to try and strive for prizes for next year and are working on their solo material. There's a lot of progress happening. And, yeah, that just that's what's inspired this week's Word of the Week right there. There you go. hope that inspired you and if you haven't seen any progress in your own plan by the way don't be disheartened you know (laughs) progress does take time (laughs) as i said the recording i compared myself to was from a month ago yeah so that should tell you something that's took a month to see actual signs of progress with that tune ah i'm so sick of playing it by now but hey there you go sometimes you get like that but uh yeah every time i see the score for that two four march uh, I could see it far enough. But there you go. 
That's one of those things. <laughs> you don't want to listen to me complaining. Let's fly on, shall we? You guessed it. It's time for a weekly drone. And this week we actually have two weekly drones. Yeah, now we've, last week's show was an absolute pleasure to put together. And again, thanks to that email we got there from Paul, who really enjoyed it too. And uh, <clears throat> there was a few others as well. We got some questions in asking about weekly drones and asking who did that come from. Uh, we don't know at all. That's the beauty of weekly drone. And <laughs> I d- that's the thing. It doesn't come to us with any identifying factors. There's no email addresses. There's nothing like that. So we have no possible way of tracing where it's from. So, that's the beauty of it. If you have any thoughts, comments, queries at all, that that's the best place to do it. Go to Weekly Drone and yeah, there's no identifying factors there. And yeah, that's the real luxury of Weekly Drone. All right. <clears throat> I think we'll start with uh, the drone about a drone, shall we? So, JD, let us hear this one. It's the Weekly Drone. Alcohol in pipe bands? Rab, this is no new debate. But is there a place for alcohol in pipe bands? We all enjoy a beer, but in my view, some folk really take it too far. One of the weekly drones last week spoke about bandsmen and women leaving the march past early. I've seen entire bands walk on with drinks or even leave the march pass to go to the beer tent. Can folk not learn to wait until the contest is over before they go mad? <laughs> Weekly Droner, yeah, you're singing to the choir, my friend. Uh, yeah, we, <laughs> we've we talked about the relationship of alcohol and competitive pipe bands, and obviously last week we were talking about, uh, I think it was respect from pipe bands, uh, those who chose to leave the March past early, and, you know, the grand finale and all of that stuff. So, yeah, they break up early and leave the park. And on some occasions, yes, a good lot of them do leave to head to the beer town. And, yes, um, you do mention there pipe bands walking into the March past with drink with them uh yes i have seen that witnessed it i chose to say nothing of course no draw attention to it but uh yeah there has been especially this season i'm not going to name the band but i'm sure they're going to know who they are once i mention this uh but they were in the march past i think it was the uk's or was it the scottish uh but they carried in drum cases with them And let's just say there was a little clink, clink, clink going on as they were marching past. Uh, So, (laughs) now, I'm not going to be, you know, getting on my soapbox here and saying, hi, come on, can you just wait until things are over? Because, you know, I have been that drummer before myself as well, you know, and having a little nip out of a hip flask, of course. It's par for the course. You're there to enjoy yourself at the weekend and let your hair down, I guess, after you've played competitively. Uh, But yes, completely get what you're saying. Uh, There has been a bit of a love-hate relationship with alcohol and people in pipe bands, I guess. And some bands do, yeah, have a little bit more flexibility whenever it comes to beers and all the rest. I don't know. There is no clear answer to this, but I do take your point, Weekly Droner. Uh, We have raised this before on the show. Uh, Much to our detriment, of course, we do receive a a lot of email about this topic every time we talk about it. I think there was once we talked about beer tents and whether they were needed, and that just opened the floodgates right there. So we're not even going to approach that topic right there. Uh, But yeah, alcohol, pipe bands, and march pasts seem to be a bit of a thing 
I don't know exactly what the correct answer is to this, but it's still an issue. It happens, and I don't know if there's much we can do to kind of address it, I guess. But there we go. It's one of those things. It's part of the pipe band culture now at this point, I guess. Anyway, I think I will swiftly move on from that one. (laughs) Let's get into the next weekly drone then, JD. What did we get? It's the weekly drone. Downgrading? I enjoy listening to your podcasts. I tune in each week. One news item stuck in my mind because I felt sorry for them. You mentioned certain bands on podcast 336 requesting to be dropped down a grade. When a band asks to be downgraded, things must be going so wrong for that band. That weekend, At a major championship, one of the named downgraded bands actually won a prize in the grade that they had dropped down to. How does that work? A few weeks later, at another major championship, yet another prize? If a band is winning prizes at a major competition, then perhaps they are ready for the next level. If a band wins prizes at two majors, Perhaps they are at the next level after all. Is this classed as cheating? Downgrade just to get on the prize list? I heard Manchester United want to play championship football next year just to consistently win games against weaker opponents and get trophies that are beneath them. But a prize is a prize, right? Another RSPBA mess? Ah, Weekly Droner. An interesting question, but one of which has a pretty simple solution to, if I'm honest. Yeah, we do read out that bands get downgraded. And yes, it can be seen absolutely as a negative. As you did say there, things may not be going well at that particular band, and for whatever reason, they need to downgrade to rebuild. We've mentioned this before on the show. You know, we did say that, you know, there's been certain bands out there that have struggled in a season and perhaps then have taken that step back down to a lower grade to try and recoup, rebuild, start winning again, and then climb back through those ranks again. But you did mention there about pipe bands who were winning prizes at major championships and are still seeing themselves taking a step down to downgrade. Now, I can't speak for the music board. But I do know that any decision around regrading is considered and considered and considered again. There are so many different factors at play between whether to decide to put a band in grade 3A or grade 4A, for example. The differences in between grade levels can be huge and can have real repercussions for that band. So depending on where they choose or select the grade for that band to compete in can have a real effect on not only the band but in the local community as well. So that is a huge responsibility. So I have no doubt the music board themselves do give everything due consideration. Now, you did mention, is this cheating? And honestly, in my opinion, no, it is not. Now, you can be playing in a pipe band and winning prizes at majors, but in my experience, I have played in pipe bands in lower grades, I've been in charge of bands in lower grades, and what we found is, yes, we won prizes at major championships, and then at the very tail end of the season, come the end of August, 
we find that a lot of the players then take on other opportunities. Say you had a real successful year and your band won everything, won the Champion Champions, won the Worlds, won everything. And then suddenly all of the players can all just disappear on you at the, the drop of a hat. They can go, right, had a great year there. And yeah, I want to move on to bigger and better things and move on and take all their opportunities with all their bands and other grades completely within their right to do so. However, when you walk back into that band hall in September, you realize how many players are left there and um, <clears throat> you can absolutely have a stellar season winning all around you and then find yourselves with very little players around the table. And a lot of those bands need to make that step back again, even though they did win all around them. <laughs> you know, they do need to make that step to try and rebuild and recoup everything that they had before. So, <clears throat> again, I know I'm not making excuses here for the music board or, you know, anything like that, but making comparisons to the likes of Manchester United, who want to take a step back a grade just to win prizes again, that's never really been my experience of bands being downgraded. Normally what I see happening is once bands be downgraded, then it does take them a period of time to kind of rebuild and gain that momentum back again. Sometimes you do see them climb back into the grade that they just were downgraded from. Yes, that happens quite often. And they do manage to rebuild, gain that momentum and climb the ladder. And who knows what the future holds, you know? And sometimes downgrading for a pipe band can absolutely be the right choice. And taking that time, a season, two seasons, three, whatever it takes, and building back up again and, you know, yeah, it can absolutely be a strength builder, you know, rather than can be looked at something quite negative. So you might be downgraded for negative reasons, but it can absolutely be seen as a positive. I've got no doubt we'll be talking more about regradings and stuff later on, because uh, that'll be in the news and updates and stuff. There were some more that were announced on the 30th there of October. Um, but uh, yeah, again, Weekly Droner, just to answer your question, do we think it's cheating? Do we think it's an RSPBA mess? No, we don't. We think uh, that the music board do honestly do their homework on this one. Um, yeah, we've talked about it on the show before, about you know when each year comes around and the regradings get announced and everything. We can see the reasons behind this. Uh, we do know pipe bands that have won circles all around them, you know, and lifted major championships in some cases. But when they return to the band hall, they find themselves in dire straits. And yeah, they are in a process of rebuilding again. That absolutely can happen, and so quickly as well. Like I'm talking in a space of weeks. Some bands can be on cloud nine, ready for upgrading, and then suddenly find themselves with no membership and having to rebuild from scratch again, teaching learners. It can happen, and has happened, and probably will continue to happen. <laughs> yeah. So there you go. I hope that answers that weekly drone. I'm sure there are those of you out there who completely disagree with me and yeah are agreeing with our weekly zoner and say yes rob it absolutely is a shambles and it's a pile of cheating and oh terrible <clears throat> let me know big rab show at gmail.com or you can send in your own weekly drone or your own thoughts on this uh, about bands who have been downgraded is it cheating is it not it's my opinion that it isn't, so yeah, I know I get criticised a lot for not giving my opinions on the show, so there it is, there it is, I am actually sticking up for the RSPBA directors of the music board, I do think they do their homework, you know, I'm full credit to them, it's not an easy job, but uh, hey, I am willing to be argued uh, otherwise, there you are. All right, 
Two very interesting weekly drones this week. Thank you, JD. And thank you to everyone else who uh, sent them in or is still on the fence thinking about their own weekly drone. Yeah. If you are considering sending yours in, then please do visit our website, thebigrabshow.com. There's a big button right at the top of the page that says Weekly Drone. Click on that and you can let us know your story, warts and all. All right. Okay, let's fly on. I reckon, yeah, you know what time it is now. It's time for What's the Crack? Do you wish piping could be fun again? Bagpipers around the world continue to struggle with their instrument, despite hours of hard work trying to get better. Bagpiping should be fulfilling. Your hard work should pay off, showing improvement and the freedom to express yourself musically. Or why do it? The Dojo University believe every piper should be able to free themselves from musical frustration, proven over more than a decade of successful teaching and accessible anywhere with an internet connection. The Dojo is unlike any other bagpipe learning experience in the world. Let the Dojo channel your enthusiasm into a fun and fulfilling program that will empower you with the knowledge to fall in love with piping all over again. So go to dojouniversity.com forward slash big grab and take advantage of our 30-day free trial of Dojo Premium Membership. Join the global community of students today and rediscover the fun of bagpiping. dojouniversity.com forward slash big grab for a 30-day free trial. What's the crack this week? Rob, what's the crack this week? Hi, Rob. What's the crack this week? Rob, 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 what's the crack this week? Hey, Rob, what's the crack this week? Right, we have to talk about the Glenfiddich Championship, don't we? Obviously. Did you guys catch it? What a stellar event. We're going to talk about the Glenfiddich, of course. As mentioned earlier in our weekly drone, we had some RSPBA music board regradings. We need to talk about that. And also, this is quite a huge topic area, but the RSPBA themselves have progressed on the Nat Russell issue. That's quite a lot to unpack. We'll get into that. We need to briefly talk about the Big Rab Show Awards. Yep, there's a deadline approaching. We need to talk about that. The draw has been announced now for the Brack Gorm competition, which is this weekend. Need to chat about that, of course, too. Rivara Pipe Band have announced that they have an upcoming concert, so we'll have to chat about that, too. Yeah, we've got tons to get into on this week's show, even before the topic of the week, so let's get into it then, shall we? McLennan Bagpipes by North Carolina artisan instrument maker Roddy McLennan from Euston, Scotland. Proud supplier of bagpipes, small pipes and chanters to Ali the Piper. One-of-a-kind instruments, crafted from the finest materials, using traditional skills for more than 30 years. Attention to detail and dedication to the highest standards of quality guarantee you a bagpipe which is more than just a musical instrument, but also a work of art. Custom made for you in a variety of wood with the widest range of profiles in the industry. Repair, restoration, replacement, refurbishment services also available. Check out bespokebagpipes.com for more information. 
McLennan Bagpipes. Born in Scotland, made in the USA. Okay, <clears throat> time for all the news and updates. And, well, last week on the pod, just again, just to follow up, uh, we, d- we had a weekly drone show, and one of the weekly drones was asking, was there ever a grade one band from England? And, well, as you can imagine, I said at the time, I, I didn't know. I didn't want to confirm either yes or no either way, because I'm sure that there was a listener out there who would be able to tell me that back in 1942 or whatever it is, that there was indeed a band in grade one from England. Well, that happened. <laughs> yep, we got an email from a kind listener of the show that was able to point it out and say, yes, Rob, there was indeed a grade one band from England. Yes. Now, I didn't know this, and I have been absolutely going down the rabbit hole, finding out more about this grade one band from England. They were, of course, the Mount Carmel Pipe Band. Yeah. In 1968, they actually won the Champion of Champions. And, uh, yeah, you can go back and through all the archives through the late 70s, early 80s. I think there are even some recordings available of the band on YouTube. So, um, yeah, you can absolutely go down the rabbit hole here and trying to find out all of this band history from the Mount Carmel Pipe Band and all the way back, uh, yeah, in the 60s and 70s. Uh, So I have been fascinated. And if anything, I'm really curious to see where a lot of their players went. Yeah, because, you know, to have such a great grade one pipe band from England, they can't all have just disappeared, you know? So I'm very curious. If anyone out there has more information on the Mount Carmel Pipe Band, Please let me know. I'm fascinated to learn more about the history of this band and where are they now? Yeah. So I've been looking on the RSPBA North of England, North England branch website, and they've got you know a ton of information about them actually, and a, a ton of other bands that are in the area uh, in the North of England branch. And yeah, fascinating stuff. Uh, yeah, you can get really lost in the woods sometimes checking out this historical stuff. Um, so yeah, the sixties, seventies were before my time. I, you know, I, I'm not quite that age bracket, uh, but yeah, they were before my time. Uh, but I would love to learn more. So there you go. If you have any info on them, email us in bigrabshow at gmail dot com. And shout out to the Mount Carmel Pipe Band. You learn something new every day. There you go. All right, okay. Let's talk about the fiftieth Glenfiddich Piping Championship, shall we? <sighs> Boys, it did not disappoint. Did it? <laughs> wow, it did not disappoint. Yeah, the 50th Glenfiddich Pipe Band, or Pipe Band, the 50th Glenfiddich Pipe and Championship took place on the 20th of October, of course, this weekend past, and it was won overall by Callum Beaumont. Yeah, well, of course, everyone probably knows this by now. Uh, so, yeah, he managed to win the overall title. Now, he won the Peabrick event in 2022. And, you know, that gave him up the runner-up prize last year. But this year, yeah, as Peabrook win managed to see him tie on points with Finlay Johnson and Alex Gandhi. But the overall win was given to him on Peabrook preference. There you are. So, full credit to Callum. Now, for everybody who managed to tune in and catch the live stream, honestly, you were in for us. Ah, oh, I, I just have no, I have no words for you. I just have that noise, like, ha, 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 ha. 
It was incredible. <laughs> I think right now you can still go to the National Piping Centre's website and get tickets for it. You can still purchase and watch the online live stream. I think it's available up until the 7th of November. I think that's the case. Uh, so you can still purchase it and watch it all online. And uh, man, what an event. And shout out to Callum. What a stunning performance of Peabrook. Was just incredible. Uh, absolutely, I don't. I, I don't know. I'm going to use that incredible word a lot here to describe the Clinfetic, but of course, you know that's what it is. The standard of play here was just awesome. Absolutely. Uh, so I have to give a particular shout out. Actually, and over ch- chatting about the Peabrook competition, uh, let's uh, talk about the positions here. We had Callum Bowman, who have who won it overall in the Peabrook, but in second was Finley Johnson, as we mentioned, and third place then in the Peabrook was Fred Morrison. Yeah, and fourth spot then was Bruce Gandy, and fifth was Angus McCall. Yeah, and looking at the MSRs then, we had Alex Gandy who lifted the top spot there, as we mentioned. Uh, We also had Jack Lee, who was second in the MSR. Third was Angus McCall. Fourth, Wally McCallum. Fifth, Finlay Johnson. Yeah, so as you can see by the mixed bag of results there, it was so competitive there. But, you know, for Fred Morrison fans like me, uh, we play Fred a lot on Fuse. Uh, but normally we're thumping out tunes like the Kansas City Hornpipe or, you know, Train Journey North, that kind of stuff. Uh, but here, to see Fred stepping out on the Glenfiddich and finishing third in the Peabrook, well done. That absolutely stellar. We have to give a special mention actually to Roddy McLeod, who received the Belvenie Medal. Yeah, so it was presented on the day by Ronnie McShannon and Murray Henderson. Uh, the the medal, I don't know, it was kind of introduced around the late eighties. I think it was. Uh, let me see. Let me check my notes here. Nineteen eighty five. Yeah, and it's awarded to those who yeah have special and notable services to piping. There you are. So congratulations to Roddy. Uh, deserve it. Recipient there of the Belvini medal. So as I say, the entire event, such a pleasure to be able to tune in and catch the whole thing. You should seriously consider going over there now and watching it in its entirety from start to end. It is a bit of a long sit, mind you. I was glad of the lunch break <laughs> during the middle of the day, uh, but such a stellar event, and well done to all of the competitors and to the organizing team behind the scenes. I'm one for production value, and the production value on this was absolutely stellar. But well done to everyone there from the National Piping Centre, to Bob Worrell, of course, and to everyone else who was involved there. Just an incredible event. There's that incredible word again yeah but i'm going to keep using it over and over and full congratulations to callum beaumont who seemed to be particularly pleased lifting that title he seemed a combination of elated and relieved at the same time Uh, yeah a strange one but (laughs) congratulations callum uh no doubt we're gonna have to try and get callum on the show if we can and try and get a word with him about that experience yeah lifting the glymphitic and at the 50th one as well That's quite awesome there. There you go. All right, let's move on. Talking about solo competitions and everything, the draw has been announced now for this weekend's Brat Gorm competition, thanks to the London Piping Society. Uh, This prestigious Brat Gorm competition really is a who's who of the piping world. Uh, So the competition, of course, is on Friday, November 3rd, in the Caledonian Club in London. And, uh, yeah, it rolls all the way through to Saturday. So, right, the AM... Brackgorm on the Friday. <sighs> Let's have a look at this, right? So the draw, we have Ian Spears, Ronnie McLeod, Alan Bevan, Craig Sutherland, Jamie Forrester, Inez Smith, Finley Johnson, Callum Beaumont, Fred Morrison, Angus McCall, Jack Lee, Bruce Gandy, 
Nick Hudson, Andrew Carlyle, Chris Armstrong, Glenn Brown, Andrew Hayes, Peter McAllister. There you go. All right. Are you getting the picture here? I'm not going to read out the entire draw because, honestly, you'll be here all day reading a hashtag list. But did that give you a little bit of a flavor as to what's going on at this competition this weekend? Baby. Right. Uh, For full information, you can go to the Caledonian Club's website. We have shared out the link, of course, everywhere across Big Rab Show socials. So this weekend's Bratgorn competition is going to be absolutely off the chain. I cannot wait for it. It's going to be so good. All right, just wanted to give that a shout. The draw is available. You can go and check it out now. It's on bagpipe.news, or we've shared out the link, of course, everywhere for it. You can go and check out all those details at your leisure. All right, there you go. Just wanted to throw that in there. All right, let's fly on, shall we? Uh, We've got so many news stories here, it's kind of ridiculous. I wanted to give a shout to Winter Storm, just to let you know that the registrations are now open for all of the workshops, uh, uh, competitions, and the concerts as well. You can go and get tickets for the the concert, and for all vendors as well, if you are one to have a stall there at Winter Winter Storm. Just go to the website, mhaf.org, and yeah, register your details there for whatever you're wanting to do. Just wanted to throw that in there. The registration is now open for Winter Storm. It's crazy to think that January 11th through 14th, it's just around the corner, actually. You might not think it, but that'll creep up really quick. So for those of you planning to go to Winter Storm, uh, yeah, just to let you know that registrations are open now. Okay. Our next news story, I have to give a shout out to Johnstone Pipe Band, who are selling their full set of Andante snares, tenors and bass drum. Yeah. Now, they call this finish the ghost chrome, right? So, I, yeah, it's kind of like the silvery gray kind of pewter color. Uh, so, yeah, you guys know the drums. You know what they look like. And they're absolutely pristine. And we know that they can produce a great tone as well. So, for those interested, there's 13 snare drums, 8 tenors, and a bass. So, if anyone interested in getting a full set of Andante drums who can definitely play a good tone, yeah, contact Johnstone Pipe Band, who are selling the full set. So, if you are curious... There you are. Contact Johnstone, who are selling their drums. Now, I did mention in What's the Crack that Ravara Pipe Band are going to be in concert. Yes, in the Lagan Valley Island Centre in Lisburn, Ravara in concert. This is going to be on the 27th of April. Now, at the moment, it's just to save the date. I don't think the tickets are available just yet. So they will be available from the Lagan Valley Island Centre box office. So if you want to put that into your search engine, you can find it. Uh, but yeah, contact any member of Rivara Pipe Band for details. Now, we haven't any other details on the concert. Who else will be playing other than it will be Rivara themselves who will be hitting the stage on the 27th of April. So get that date in your diary. I know we haven't done dates in your diary for a while, uh, but that's one definitely to add in there. So Rivara Pipe Band in concert, 27th of April in the Lagan Valley Island Arts Centre. Yeah, in Lisburn. Good stuff. Oh, right. I just want to briefly mention, I know last week at the end of the news and updates, I did talk about Project Smock's brand new album that was going to be available for pre-order. And we had no other details other than that. Well, we have further details about it now. The, the album itself is called The Outset. Yeah, great title there. So you can go to projectsmock.com, go to their shop and pre-order the album there. There you go. Now, the album has been produced thanks to Duncan uh, Lil... Lil, I could just about pr- uh, pronounce that. Duncan Lil Music and Scott Wood Music as well. Uh, Seth Tinsley and Ian Burton and a, a bunch of other people have been involved in the production of this. Just suffice to say, 
the brand new album called The Outset is available for pre-order now by Project Smock. Go to their website, avoid your disappointment, get it pre-ordered. All right, I think it's going to be released now in December, early December. So for those Project Smock fans, go order The Outset now and yeah, you'll get it on the day of release. There you go. Just wanted to throw that in there. All right, let's move on. Okay, I'm flying through these stories here rightly, but that's for a good reason. We're about to get into a big one later on. Um, I have to give a shout to Battle Hill Pipe Bands, of course. Yes, who compete in Grade 3A. Uh, they've put a call out saying they're looking for a bass drummer. Yeah, they're in the, on the lookout now for a new bass drummer and a tenor drummer as well. So if you are curious about lifting the bass drum, of course, with, yeah, there you go. There's an opportunity in Grade 3A with Battle Hill. Battle Hill are a cracking pipe band in the Rich Hill area, of course, there in County Armagh. Definitely worth a shout if you do want to take up that challenge. So, if you are curious at all and want to apply, then you can contact Battle Hill Pipe Band through their social media, or they've given their details here and everything for their lead drummer, Glenn Floon. Uh, so, yeah, just contact the band saying, Hi, I fancy lifting the big drum with you, you know, can I come down to practice for a night and see what the crack is? There you go. Give Battle Hill Pipe Band a shout. Uh, yeah, they're looking for a bass drummer and a tenor drummer to compete with them in Grade 3A next year. There you are. Shout out to Battle Hill. Okay, speaking about bands who are recruiting, I have to give a shout to Uddingston Strathclyde Pipe Band, who recently have been advertising saying that they are wanting to fill the ranks. So, after a successful season this past year, anyone interested to compete with Uddingston Strathclyde do get in contact with them. Uh, the, I think they're across all the socials. You have TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, email, of course, all of that kind of stuff. But yeah, they have two bands, of, of course, a grade 3B and grade 4B. Uh, so yeah, they have shared all of those details across all of their socials. So if you are curious and you would like to fill the ranks and juke it out with the guys at Uddingston Strathclyde, then give them a shout. There you are. I know it's a big shameless plug, but yeah, they've been plugging it this last while themselves. So yeah, if you are interested in ticking up the challenge with them, yeah, the doors are open. They'll say they compete in grade 3B and 4B, so you do have a choice there. There you are. So give them a shout if you do want to tick that challenge. Okay, I just want to briefly mention, I know I'm briefly mentioning a lot of things here, but the Belfast International Tattoo uh, put out a post there just last week to say that tickets for the Belfast International Tattoo for next year are available now. Yes, uh, they're available for pre-sale and all of that stuff. So yeah, they're advising to book early and avoid your disappointment. That's kind of the thing that we say here on the show quite a lot. Uh, so you can do that through Ticketmaster.ie or you can go to the SSE Arena Belfast's box office or you can go to BelfastInternationalTattoo.com forward slash tickets. Yes, so this happens every year. The tickets go on pre-sale before Christmas, like right now. And what happens is, is that no one buys them. And the, the ticket sales are very slow. And then what we find, everyone suddenly remembers, oh, the tattoo's on. And then for some reason, no one can get them. <laughs> because they're sold out. So I'm telling you now, uh, go and grab them now. All right? This is the time to get your tickets for the Belfast tattoo. Do not wait. All right? <laughs> It seems to be every year the Belfast Tattoo rolls round. Everyone's wondering, uh, like, why is it sold out? Why can't I get a ticket? And then they all message me, going, Ah, oh, Rab, can you get us a ticket, mate? I, oh, I forgot to get them. I said, well, right, come on. I warned you well in advance. This is now November. The tattoo's not on until September next year. You've got time, yes, but I would urge you, grab them now. Don't take the time. Get your early pre-order tickets 
Then you have them secure in your back pocket. Then when the tattoo rolls around, you just walk in through the door very smug. <laughs> there you go. I'm just putting that out there in the pod now. Avoid your disappointment. Take the advice. Pre-book your tickets now for the Belfast International Tattoo. And uh, don't be that person messaging me in September going, Oh, Rob, can you get me tickets, mate? Oh, I forgot all about it. Don't be that person. Get them now. All right. Let's fly on. Okay, let's talk about the Big Rab Show Awards, shall we? Now, the Big Rab Show Awards, next week we will be announcing our winners. Yes, next week's Big Rab Show podcast will be dedicated to announcing our winners of the Big Rab Show Awards. So there you go, I just wanted to say that. Uh, But to let you know, you have up until the 4th of November to get your votes in. All right, 4th of November, 5pm UK time, the voting closes. After that time, no further votes will be able to be cast, and we will crown our champions. Big Rab Show Award winners! Now, last week, live on the pod, actually, (laughs) which I kind of regret doing, um, I did check them on air, and I was looking to see, and there was two categories, I think, that had three votes in it. Um, Now, I can tell you, there are four, maybe five categories, and there's one or two votes in it. Some of these categories are razor thin between winning a Big Rab Show Award and not winning a Big Rab Show Award. All right. So to explain again, we don't have a first, second, third, that kind of thing. You either win it or you don't. That's it. (laughs) So are the bragging rights going to be yours or are they not? That's completely up to you and how you run your campaign. So are your supporters voting for you? Are your family members all voting for you, your mates, your pets, as everyone placed a vote on the Big Rab Show Awards, will do so before the 4th of November. That's when voting closes. Go to our website, thebigrabshow.com. There's a big button right at the front of the page that says click here to vote now. That's where you go. Place your vote for your particular favourite in all of the categories. And next week, we will be reading out the winners. There you are. That's all I really wanted to say about the Rab Show Awards, just to remind you that it's closing on the 4th of November. Then we will crown our champions on next week's pod. Looking forward to next week's show, actually. The Big Rap Show Awards are always fun. You know, all the voting and the nomination stuff, that's all a bit stressful, I guess. Uh, you know, <laughs> dealing and counting and all of that kind of st- stuff. That's just oh, a bit of a nightmare. But the fun part, then, is announcing the winners. That's always good crack. So that'll be next week. Okay. <sighs> Let's get into quite a messy situation, shall we? Yes, I did mention that the RSPBA themselves have progressed the Nat Russell situation. (laughs) This is going to take a little while. Uh, Yeah, there was minutes of a board of directors meeting that was held via Zoom and in person on the 7th of October. And these minutes were published online on the RSPBA website. You can now go and read them in their entirety And I would thoroughly recommend it. Go now, (laughs) if you want. Go to the rspba.org. You can see it there. The minutes have been published. We've shared them out a few times now. And you can go and read these at your leisure. Make for some quite interesting reading. And, yeah, the first thing that I'm going to direct you towards is what was published on page Six. No, it was on page two of the minutes, actually, where they're talking about correspondence. All right? Correspondence. And uh, this makes makes for interesting reading. Okay? Down the very bottom, it does say, uh, Rob Lennox 
sent a request to discuss the Friday World Championship results. Looking for more information from the RSPBA. He was asking if they would appear on the show and discuss the situation or issue a statement. Now, that's exactly the case. I did contact RSPBA and it's weird to see that my name has been published here. Uh, So, cool that they got my correspondence. Uh, However, they did make a note here to say that my correspondence had been acknowledged. Um, It wasn't. I didn't receive anything. Not a peep. And then later on on that page, it says that the, you know, the grade one issue will be discussed later on in the minutes and, you know, that they reckon that this will take care of it. So fair enough. That's okay. But just to let you know that it's there, you know, and there was a mistake there by the looks of things. They noted that my correspondence was acknowledged. Then that I got an email back from them to say, hey, thanks, Rob. I got your email. Uh, No, didn't get anything back from them. Not a dicky bird. Not a peep. Uh, So, yeah, just wanted to correct that, I guess. Uh, But that's not what's interesting here. (laughs) Let's talk about the Nat Russell situation, shall we? Now, there was minutes published here from that meeting that took place from the management board of the judging panel, all right? And this is what makes it for such, such interesting reading, all right? So let's get into that. They have attached this as an annex to all of the rest of the minutes. Now, you do need to kind of flick through all of it. There's a lot, uh, but go to Appendix 2, all right? Now, this details everything that kind of, where everything kind of unfolded from the APMB. So it all kicks off and it says, The convener and the secretary were advised that the arena, arena, director was not satisfied with the number of numerical errors and competitor omissions within the first summary handover after the last performance and during the 10 minute summation period so as a grade wraps up you can see a lot of judges they stay in their wee tents for about 10 minutes or so as they kind of finalize their thoughts on the entire grade during such times that's when they start placing people in their summaries 1 through 16 all right So during this period, the guy who was taking care of the arena, the director who was managing everything, he observed that there was numerical errors. There was numerical errors and competitor omissions within the first summary handover is what it says here. Uh, So the director made these observations during the summation period. uh, And then, yeah, the the whole thing kind of unfolded from there. So... It was observed that the adjudicator apparently appeared stressed in trying to complete the numerical administration, which ended up with another director being summoned to help resolve the situation. The eventual handover of the paperwork extended well outside the required timeline, and other adjudicators other adjudicators had completed their paperwork and left by the time this had all taken place. So the director was also concerned at how the adjudicator's further editing was executed uh, when he was offered additional time uh, to complete his task. Even after this, there still appeared to be discrepancies. Now, throughout all of this appendix, we aren't really told what the discrepancy is specifically. Moving on, uh, it says both the APMB convener and the secretary agreed that this was not the way the adjudication summary process should be executed. Personal records and third and third critique copy sheets was a compulsory integral part of the process to stay on track when trying to record an order of merit as you go. It was stated by them then that this was not the normal adjudicator persona we had experienced in previous service from this adjudicator. 
Yeah, so clearly there was an issue here. So the APMB convener uh, suggested that a face-to-face meeting with the adjudicator would should or should be arranged uh, to try and resolve this amicably before the directors made any decision. The adjudicator in question was due to judge from around 11.30 and it was felt that a meeting of this type would not be conducive in good preparation uh, or mental well-being uh, prior to judging a pipe band event. It was agreed that Kevin Riley and John Hughes should meet face-to-face with, with the adjudicator in question early that afternoon after he became available from his Saturday morning adjudicating duties. This would allow the adjudicator to address these issues in person and, if necessary, be given the opportunity to revisit and explain his summary document if he felt it necessary. The directors were of a view that should a resolution not be found, they would have no other option than to exclude his results from the overall placings process of the Grade 1 event. With this potential outcome in mind, the APMB convener was kept on standby for any further APMB required input. A reserve judge was also put in place to cover his grade 4 morning duties and it was agreed that in the event of a potential sanction of this magnitude a statement would need to be released to the bands and the convener then returned to his adjudicating duties. Are you following so far? This is quite difficult and a bit of a mess really but what we're seeing here is the convener Various different directors scrambling to try and rectify quite a difficult situation. This annex continues. It says, Kevin Riley and John Hughes then met face-to-face with the adjudicator in question, Nat Russell, after he became available from his Saturday adjudicating duties. The APMB convener and secretary did not attend this meeting as they were involved in other adjudicating duties at that time. The chairman revealed the outcome and tone of the meeting to the convener and secretary on the Saturday afternoon, confirming that a decision had been taken to exclude the adjudicator's submission. And there we have it. That was the moment when the decision was made to pull those results from Nat Russell uh, from that weekend. Now, as to what these numerical errors were, whether they were complete, incomplete, don't know. Uh, but with what we've seen here is that they have taken the time to try and tackle this with the adjudicator. they try and say, like, right, okay, there's problems here. We need you to fix this. And, you know, well outside of the 10-minute summation period, they were still making allowances. Like, Come on, you need to try and complete this. However, the adjudicator themselves were becoming flustered, stressed, and unsure. And, you know, I think we're making more mistakes rather than helping. So this decision had to be made on the fly. However, they were aware he was judging the following day, so couldn't really talk to him ahead of it. Had to wait until he finished then on the Saturday. And then, yeah, whatever happened in that face-to-face meeting with Kevin Riley and John Hughes, whenever they met him, I don't know what that discussion was. We probably never will know. But as we've seen here, that was the moment that there was a decision made. And that's when the chairman revealed that the outcome and the tone of the meeting to the convener and the secretary, uh, yeah, that was the moment they decided to pull those results. Now, as to what these numerical uh, errors are, we'll probably never know. Uh, But will we get any further answers from RSPBA at this point? I don't believe so. I do believe, honestly, that this appendix does answer a ton of questions that we did have. So I have to say 
full credit to RSPBA for communicating this to their membership, to piping fans around the globe who were concerned um, of just quite how this was handled. The communication here was as clear as could be, I guess, without giving... Uh, you know, all the full details and possibly causing embarrassment or, yeah, even worse. So, yeah, full credit to RSPBA, I have to say. Now, um, uh, with one hand I'm giving credit, but with the other I'm taking it away. Because this does raise a pile of other questions. (laughs) All right, just when you think we're done. Oh, no, uh, this just really opens the floodgates to a wealth of other questions. This happened in grade one with two piping judges and they've decided here for whatever the numerical reason or the anomalies were that these results don't count. And this now opens the floodgates for what if it happens to any other judge in any other grade? If these anomalies or errors are noted and can't be fixed, have we just wasted a full day competing? Especially if you're playing in a major championship like this. So that opens the door now. We need to talk about this situation and figure out some sort of legislative way of making sure it doesn't happen again. Some sort of a backup system, perhaps? Or I I just don't know how quite to roll forward from this. Bands need to have confidence in the competitive system that they will be judged fairly and absolutely will be judged on their, com- you know, on their competitive run that day. And if there are numerical errors and things like that happening in the background with administrative problems and meetings aplenty happening and decisions being made, bands need to also have confidence that these are being made with their you know, benefit and their well-being in mind, I guess. So this just kind of opens the floodgates and wonder, right, have all the rules and stuff been adhered to? You know, are we leaving ourselves open for possible criticism by making this decision here uh, and having podcasters like Big Rab talk all about it on the show each week? (laughs) Um, You know, I guess we're now going to be not only looking at this from a grade one perspective, but for all through the grades. What if this was to happen in grade 2, grade 4A, grade 3A? Whatever the grade, doesn't matter. What happens if we had these numerical uh, you know, problems or anomalies, as they've been referred to before? Yeah, what happens? Do we have a backup? Do, do we have some sort of way of sorting it out? Yeah, we need to look at this. And it's not going to be a very easy task. I do want to wish the judging panel the very best of luck with this. This is not going to be easy it's a very tangled web here Uh, so yeah this does pose a ton of other questions however it's not all related to this one situation but does kind of throw forward to what happens for competitions in the future i guess so very long story short just to let you know that the nat russell grade one judging situation has progressed we have had a big communication from rspba you can go back and read it at your leisure rather than just listening to me read it here and give my thoughts on it you can go and have a juke at it yourself it's up there now rspba.org they've communicated it now with the wider public and uh, nothing here remains hidden i guess the only thing that does remain hidden is what exactly happened in that meeting between kevin riley john hughes and nat russell what happened there What prompted that decision to say, well, we have no other choice here. We need to pull these scores. 
or placings or numerical off, uh, you know problems. I don't know what the heck happened, and I guess we probably never will. But yeah, it's an interesting one, isn't it, folks? There you go. So yeah, that's all up there now. Not not only is this uh, set of minutes interesting from that perspective for the Nat Russell situation, but also uh, for a wealth of other reasons. Uh, the twenty twenty three season feedback is worth interesting. Uh, reading as well they talk about issues with the uk championships the euros the scottish of course as well and also um some issues that were noted about the world championships which are really quite interesting i do think that they listen to our world's wrap-up podcast <clears throat> yeah because um, a lot of the things we spoke about in the world's wrap-up uh, seemed to make it into the minutes that was weird uh, so yeah full credit to rspba this was very good communication i can only encourage this please keep it coming however I would stress that uh, everything that happened at the Worlds was in August and we had to wait until early October before we got any sort of clear communication on it. That was a huge delay. And again, that raises questions also. What took so long to communicate this with membership and the general public? That doesn't make much sense. But again, hey, we now have the communication, so I guess we can't complain. But we just had to wait for it, didn't we? There you are. A huge news story, which I dare say will have further repercussions as we progress through the winter months and we roll towards the RSPBA AGM, which we're looking forward to. Uh, I guess throughout all of this conversation, I have to say that these minutes were from a board of directors meeting. These were all directors of the RSPBA all talking and involved no feedback or input from any of the bands. And that would be a very interesting dynamic whenever it comes to the annual general meeting. The AGM, that's when bands have an input. And they can actually, yeah, I don't know, hold a poker, I guess, (laughs) to the board of directors and ask questions. You know, and it's that moment that I would be incredibly interested in. Uh, So, yeah. Make sure that your band attends your branch meetings, but also yeah, your headquarters meetings if you can. And uh, yeah, for bands to have a voice and to raise questions on these things rather than just have it simply communicated and saying this is what happened and that's it and then walk away and expect no more questions. AGM will be very interesting. I do hope to see a range of questions on a range of different topics. Yeah. Oh, and uh, yeah, there was one in here about... Uh, let me see, where is it? Yeah, it's about drum majoring tempos and stuff. Uh, there was a bunch of stuff uh, talking about drum major summary sheets and how they can be altered to make them easier read and stuff. That's okay. Talk about PA systems as well. They also talk about yeah, competitive drum majors and uh, tempos for bands. Uh, should there be a maximum and a minimum tempo for pipe bands performing six eights for drum majoring competitions? That's an interesting one as well. Anyway, I'm going to ramble on about these minutes and how interesting they were. Go and have a read of them, all right? There's a lot of great stuff there, and I've no doubt we'll get some listener mail on it. So bigrabshow at gmail.com. <laughs> Let us know your thoughts. I need to move on. Okay, let's talk about the RSPBA Music Board. Yeah, and there was a lot of news coming from RSPBA this past week. Uh, yeah, on the 30th of October, uh, there was a bunch of regrading decisions made by the Music Board. And, uh, right, some of these were by appeal, but also some were by requests. So let's talk about them. Uh, moving from grade 4B to 4A, so moving up a grade, we have the RAF Central Scotland Pipes and Drums, ticking a promotion there. We also have RAF Lozzymouth, yes, and Cottown, going from 4B to 4A. And again, that was by appeal. There you go. The Mid-Argyle Pipe Band are also making a jump up from 4A to 3B. 
There you are. And that was on appeal. And also on appeal is Turf and District moving from 3B up to 3A. There you are. So all of those bands receiving, yeah, decisions on their appeals and all moving. There you go. All right, so let's go by request then. So moving from grade 3A to 4B, moving down is Kilmarnock. Yeah, now this was quite a shock to me, actually. I did believe that Kilmarnock had quite a good season. But again, this could be one of those situations where Kilmarnock have found themselves in a position now where they need to rebuild. So, yeah, good luck to Kilmarnock there. Uh, sorry to see he's moving down there to 4B, but uh, hopefully this will uh, build to bigger and better things. Uh, so that was by request. Also to uh, grade 4B to 4A, taking a step up, is Fraserburgh RBL. Yeah, now they're a band that had a real strong season, actually, this past year. So, yeah, looking forward to seeing what they're going to bring in 4A there. Good stuff. Yeah. Now, taking a step down from grade 3A to grade 4A is Brockshain and District. Taking that step down from grade 3A. I don't think Brockshain actually competed this year. I don't believe so. Uh, so this may be them taking the step back to hopefully field a competitive band next year in 4A. So I hope that's the case, Brushian. I really hope to see you out in the circle next year. Uh, so taking that step down from 3A to 4A hopefully could be exactly what's needed there and give them that stepping stone to head out in the circle again. Good luck, Brushian. And that was by request. Also by request, taking a step down is Marlacou and District. Now, I don't believe... Uh, I've seen much of Marlacou this past season, uh, but hey, taking that step down from 3A to 3B, uh, again, could be a real good stepping stone. Uh, so, yeah, very keen to see Marlacou and District out again. Uh, yeah, that'd be great to see them. So, taking that step down to 3B by request, and it's been granted by the Music Board, great stuff. Yeah, so I know it can be seen as a negative, but as we mentioned, sometimes these moves can absolutely be a positive. So good luck to all of those bands, and well done on your appeals and your move by request. I hope that it is the right step for you. There you are. Moving on. Okay, I have to give a shout to a new story from Pit Lockery and Blair Athol Pipe Bands. Yes, you've probably seen this coming. Uh, we had uh, Ryan King on the show before, who was their lead tipper, actually, there at Pit Lockery and Blair Athol. Uh, we had him on the show talking all about, you know, playing with the Breton Band and all of that kind of stuff. Uh, well, he's now moving on. Yes, he's now no longer going to be playing for the band. In a statement, it says, uh, When I took over from Lewis in 2020, uh, they had difficulties of COVID and they all worked hard as a team developing to make sure that when the green light came that they were ready. This culminated in us uh, becoming runners-up as a band at the Worlds. Uh, so, yeah, what a great year that was. And, yeah, and world champions as a drum corps in 3B in 2022. And upgrading to grade 3A. He said he will never forget that feeling hearing the name being read out. There you go. Fair play. Uh, so yeah shout out to Ryan King is now moving on uh, but I have to give a shout then to Lewis Taylor who's now going to be taking up the reins again uh, as lead tipper there at Pit Lockery and Blair Athol so wanting to wish them well of course along with the pipe major Christie as well good luck folks can't wait to see the band out again uh, in 2024 uh, building to big things there so shout out to Pit Lockery and Blair Athol bit of a change in leadership there at the drum corps uh, but yeah wishing, wishing Lewis and Christie the very best for next season good stuff and yeah wherever Ryan King ends up we'll hopefully give you a shout and let you know where he ends up aye indeed Okay, well, I think you've waited long enough at this point. Yes, you've guessed by the title of this week's episode that we're going to be talking to someone really quite interesting. And, uh, yeah, you guessed it. It's time for me to go and get a big cup of tea. It's time for the topic of the week. Wallace Bagpipes. Quality, pride and passion. Made in Scotland. 
proud bagpipe supplier to the Red Hot Chili Pipers. Visit wallacebagpipes.com for more information or contact your nearest dealer. Ah, yes. Time for Topic of the Week. And this week, we have a topic of a difference. We're going to be talking to quite a famous Ullen Piper here from Ireland. And I have to say... Uh, yeah, I've been meaning to, meaning to get Connor on the show now for a long time. I've been a huge fan of Connor's work, obviously, with the Armagh Pipers Club. Uh, when I first discovered him in about the Pipe and Line Festival. And yeah, we chat about that, of course. But for those of you who don't know who Connor is and aren't sure what Ullen pipes are, of course, well, they are the pipes that are kind of indigenous to this island, I guess. They're the ones that you play that lay across your lap with the bellows. And they have quite a distinctive sound. Now, I've talked about this on Fuse last night. Uh, that a lot of people sometimes request movie soundtracks and stuff. And they say, oh, Rob, there was, you know, tons of great piping in Braveheart. Why don't you play that? Uh, Well, the piping that was on Braveheart was all, yeah, all on pipes. And for those people who request Titanic, say, oh, there's tons of great piping in Titanic, Rob, as well. Again, all on piping. Uh, So, So, yeah, we do try to educate our general listening folk over there in Fuse and say, well, you know, if you're expecting a set of Highland Pipes, Whenever you're watching Braveheart, nah, they're two completely different instruments. Uh, so yeah, the Ullen Pipes can be used in a lot of different movie and film scores to portray so much different kind of range of emotion that we just can't seem to capture on Highland Pipes. So I know that's going to oh, that's gonna light a fire under some Highland Pipers right there. Uh, but let's talk about Connor, shall we? Connor Mallon, of course, is from Keaty in County Armagh. We'll let him introduce himself, of course, too. But I do want to talk about some of his attributes. He was one of the first recipients of the ACNI, BBCNI, Young Traditional Musician of the Year. Yep, he also played with such, you know, artists like the Ulster Orchestra, a whole pile of others. You know, I have a huge list here of who all he's played with over the years. He is a senior county and Ulster and All-Ireland champion on Ullen Pipes, of course. He was also a recipient of the Ullen Pipes Scholarship. Uh, yeah, and he was also a Mark Donnelly bursary uh, recipient for Ullen Piping as well in 2010. There's so much here to list about how incredible a piper Connor Mallon is. And yeah, I would urge you to go and visit his website, connormallon.com. Now, we're about to get into the conversation here, which is really quite an entertaining one. And I do want to shamelessly plug his brand new album, which is called Unearthed. Yeah. This is really quite special. I'm really excited to bring this to the show uh, because we haven't really focused much on the Ullen Piping scene here on the podcast. We do a lot over there in Fuse. We do play a lot of good piping and uh, you know music and I mix it up there in Fuse, but not so much here in the pod. Normally we do stick to a lot of competitive pipe bands, solo piping and stuff, but it's all Highland piping related. But I do want to shake it up this week. So, right, let's get into it. An interview that I'm really quite excited to bring. Let's welcome Connor Mallon to the show. So, welcome to the podcast, Connor Mallon. Connor, how are you, man? Not too bad. Thank you very much for having me. Now, I have to, uh, well, I have to say apologies to our American audience right now because we're going to be two Northern Irish lads blethering away, and I'm sure our accent's probably like going to be impregnable to a lot of our listeners. But we'll do our best. We'll do our best. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so, well, I've been following your career now, Connor, for the longest time. But can you introduce yourself to folks out there who may not be aware of who you are? Uh, tell us, who are you? <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Um, 
I'm Connor Mallon. I'm an Ellen Piper from Katy, County Armagh originally. Um, I'm residing here on the north coast of Antrim at the moment uh, for the past three years. Um, I'm an Ellen Piper and a whistle player, uh, Ellen Pipes predominantly, and uh, I'm a full-time musician. Uh, so I kind of teach um, Ellen Pipes, whistles, and tour all around the world with various projects and shows as well. So there you go, and award winning and all of that as well. Yeah, I'm I'm going to blow your ego up here. Something serious. <laughs> yeah, you've been really quite prolific in the Ellen Piping scene, and it's been well a long time coming for me to get you on the show, man. So yeah, thank you for agreeing to chat with me. So oh, pleasure's mine. Yeah, well, we have to get into something really quite exciting that you have coming up now in November. But before I do that. The majority of our audience listening right now would all be Highland Pipers listening to this. So, well, first of all, are you aware of the Highland Piping scene and all that's involved in it? Yeah, massively. Um, I was quite fortunate in the fact, um, growing up with the Armagh Pipers Club, that we had an awful lot of uh, kind of crossover bands, as well as we, we played on a lot of festivals, um, kind of growing up through the scene. So the William Kennedy itself, and we we kind of guested with Pipe and Live, which runs into yeah. the Pipe Band Championships then in August. So I, I've I've always been kind of very kind of aware and very familiar with Highland Pipes. Um, I've tried them as well. Um, oh, I was going to ask you that. Have you tried a set then? Yeah. Yeah, definitely not for the faint-hearted, mind you, or <laughs> or asthmatic. No. <laughs> We've got a bit of a cheat code now. We've got a, a set of bellows, bellows inside yeah. of us. So. <laughs> <laughs> so that was going to be my next question. Then there's a lot of people who listen to our show and love the tone of it. There's something about that instrument that is just quintessentially from this place. You know what I mean? Um, so is that something you found with the Allen pipes itself? Is that it really is unique to hear? I guess. Yeah, one hundred percent. I mean that that was solely the reason why I, I started playing uh, the pipes. Um, I started out playing tin whistle and uh, I played fiddle, banjo, mandolin, you name it, I played oh, it. Goodness, and right. I yeah. give them all up because I, I, I didn't really, I wasn't really particularly interested. But um, I was at a Pipers Club concert uh, in Armagh and I heard uh, Tiernan Dinkin and Jarlath Henderson playing uh and from there it kind of just the sound just drew me in yeah. and that was yeah. that i was hooked and i'm still hooked to <laughs> oh that's good to hear so well i do know that there's a lot of musicians listening now who would be thumping out tunes and highland pipes but would always have wanted to make that jump across but are so anxious now first of all can you tell me is the fingering the same on the chanter to highland pipes of what it is for the island pipes so the position is very, or the, the, the fingering is, is very, very similar. Um, mm. So obviously with the Ellen pipes, we have uh, two full scales or two full octaves, sorry. Yeah, so yeah. Our, our bottom note, which is all our fingers on, is bottom D on a concert pitch set. Right. Whereas in the Highland pipes, it would be a bottom Jeez. G. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Um, so they're they're very very similar and they're they're similar in terms of the grace notes. Um, the Highland piping. I don't I don't need to lecture you about the Highland piping, but you know the, the grace notes would be a little bit more structured. Mm. Um, we have kind of like 
maybe a little bit of a freer for, form of grace notes where you can selectively choose which one you would uh, cut with or embellish depending mm. on how the way you would want it to feel or the you know mm. you know the, the atmosphere you're trying to bring across so if you're looking at maybe slightly more attacking or uh, you could cut with the back d which would be your your thumb mm-hmm. um and that gives it that kind of attack and punch or if you would like it to be you know a little a little bit more subtle you can cut with an a finger or if it's on the bottom hand then you can cut with a g finger and they're just a little bit sweeter as opposed to uh you know yeah. a, a little bit more attacking but i mean for for years now I've actually uh, been teaching um, a lot of Highland Pipers. Uh, right. Can it, between Armagh and here on the North Coast as well, there's a lot of people I know that have made the effort to try and uh, jump and make a crossover. It is quite difficult because if yeah. you think in your head you're so used to playing partic- a particular way, a particular style. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It, it it's not just as easy as uh, as jumping across. It's kind of the same as if you play a whistle, tin whistle, or flute. Like it's it's similar fingering, but not quite the same. So you can end up just playing one on the other one. Yeah, and notes being ever so slightly flat or something like yeah. just because of it. Yeah, absolutely. So that's it. The the addition of that additional register though is a big attraction for pipers, you know, especially Highland pipers, they're restricted to nine notes and that's it. You know, having the joy of being able to jump up a register, you know, fantastic. And that's the big attraction here, I feel. But also, as you mentioned earlier, the ability to play with a lot more feeling, I think, you know, that you have so much more musical range, I guess, with, you know, being able to slide between notes and being able to lilt, but also being able to punch in the face with a reel if you need to, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Is that what you find with the instrument itself? That that's very flexible that way. Yeah, I I mean, I, don't, I suppose it all comes down to the atmosphere that you're trying to create with it as well, as you've mentioned mm. there before. So, like, even if you're talking about like the atmosphere and that that whole sound that dr- mm. draws you in, there's nothing more appealing as like movie soundtracks, like Braveheart, Titanic. They're, yeah. they're all Ellen pipes. But mm-hmm. it's all it's all kind of from that kind of emotional atmospheric place that they're all coming from, yeah. and I, I I know even for myself, I would do a little bit of um, recording session work and and that kind of stuff, and then mm. also also um, work with orchestras and um, mm. even various shows like dance shows and stuff. There's there's normally an Ellen Pipe solo, and it's always yeah. that really slower piece that it's long drawn out you know high high registered you know yeah. jumping up to that the, the second octave where it gets people crying or you know, whether it's, it's, it's or the bad. emotional <laughs> hook that gets you that's it absolutely uh, so i know that it's a very attractive instrument uh, for highland pipers but i know a lot of them are reluctant to make that jump number one is the fingering i guess and getting used to that but also everything else to do with the drones like they look at that setup and it's so intimidating you know with all the buttons and everything it can be yeah we're used to having three drones over your shoulder and we hope that they work but uh yeah can you tell us about everything else that sits across your lap then yeah, I mean, I, I suppose fundamentally 
the only thing that's kind of uh, different in terms of, obviously we, we still have three drones as well. Um, mm. They're just concert pitch. It's well, it, concert pitch in the, in the key of D, but you've multiple other keys as well. Um, I suppose it is kind of just the same. Um, the chanter work is similar. Obviously we have a closed system where it's sitting on the knee. Mm-hmm. So that will give you that kind of, staccato approach for the chanter so you can kind of get a a tight staccato fingering um but i mean fundamentally with the drones they're they're just exactly the same they're just sitting across your lap um Mm -hmm. but then whenever you're you're talking about regulators and stuff like that that's where it becomes a little bit more uh but more maybe a, a bit more daunting because you know there's at least 13 keys of between bass, baritone, tenor that you can accompany yourself. So uh, whether it's held chords, held individual notes or um, beaten on the beat, off the beat or kind of mm. joint syncopation, all that kind of stuff. Or you can even throw a little bit of reggae in if, if, if you so choose. <laughs> but that that's where it becomes a little bit more uh daunting is whenever you're doing regulators and and, and that kind of feel mm. but it, it is just it will it would take a little bit of time just to get used to uh even the if if you don't play uh small pipes or border pipes to get used to the the bag and the bellows that's yeah, comple- yeah. completely different um look and feel i suppose um mm. and actually having the chanter on your knee um but once once you have that it's it's uh that's all plain sailing, yeah. Once yeah. you get the hang of it, I guess. Yeah. So it's like anything, it's like practice, and that's it. Absolutely. Indeed. Yeah. Absolutely. So, Connor, I have to talk about your own music, first of all. Uh, since you started releasing your own solo stuff, I've been a huge fan. And ever since your album launched, Unearthed, I've been a massive fan of it. Uh, so tell us about Unearthed then. Oh, thank you very much, first of all. Um, well, I suppose Unearthed kind of came from initially came from the the lockdown process so um it meant a couple of things to me so unearthing my own solo adventure um as well as i kind of was looking at unearthing a new sound for ellen pipes so um the, the fundamental of the 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 project fundamentally was uh, funded by the Arts Council of, of Northern Ireland for mm-hmm. initially what started out to be three tracks, um, and that was to use all the sounds. So I, as you know, with pipes, they have all different kind of squeaks and squawks and moans yeah. and groans, so that it was to to en- encompass and incorporate all those kind of sounds, whether it's key flicks, the sounds of the bellows. Um, and also then to kind of collate them and, and put them through as a, a percussive element uh, in behind my own compositions. So you can, I mean, the best example for it is Unearth the actual track itself. It starts out by the key flicks of uh, the regulators and it's almost like a, it's, it's it's almost like a kind of a rap or like a percussive backbeat um in behind then the tunes so as that that fundamentally was the idea for the album obviously I, I had no intention of doing a full album 
full of the, those sounds as it would get <laughs> a little bit repetitive. But as I say, it all came from lockdown. Um, you know, when I was out walking in nature, sometimes just being in my own thoughts or, or thinking of nothing out in walks, mm. it left me very motivated to come back and do a little bit more work and a little bit more playing. As well as that, kind of with the lockdowns, then we had no uh, creative output in terms of in-person collaboration. So this was all, yeah. it was a time for me to sit down and really practice um work on my my own piping as well as you know different creative things within my own compositions and arranging as well so it was you know it was a very um mixed time for for a lot of people but i you know that for me the, the the positives that came out of it um musically were 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 brilliant um so all from that then um I kind of put together the the album uh with with myself and uh producer Sean O'Graham up in Portland um mm-hmm. and we have a whole host of musicians uh poets string quartets there's there's an awful lot of people involved um So yeah I, I mean it, it's uh it's it was a very uh, long process actually. So it's it was from the lockdowns and COVID, and it was only released there in May twenty three. Um, I have actually I had been sitting on it for about eighteen months to two years. Wow, really? Oh, I didn't yeah. know that. <laughs> after it was after it was kind of done. Um, yeah. Well, at least eighteen months. I think ninety nine percent of the album had been recorded and finished by April, May, 2021. And then it was oh. released in May, 23. So, yeah. uh, you know, all the hard work was done. Then we, we, I put an awful lot of work into uh, videos, mixing and mastering and then, and then the PR side as well. So that's the go. kind of stuff that y- you take, you almost take for granted that. Yeah. The, the has, selling it of to, it is just as important have, yeah. as the making of it almost. Yeah. I don't understand. Exactly. So I have to say your music on this album in particular seems to have its foot in two different camps. If you don't mind me saying, right. Of course. Yeah. And this is just my take on it. And I'm not a professional music reviewer, but obviously it's very clear. You have one foot in the traditional element when that comes across, you know, the voice of this Island definitely comes across in your music. However, you also have a foot in the modern day as well. And some of the key changes, the rhythms you use, like there is very clear influences from modern music as well. So, and it seems to be that both worlds are smashed together in this album. And it's such a great mix. Was that something that you've done intentionally here? Uh, Yeah, yes, I know. Um, So obviously I've said, I'd said there in the album, so unearthed kind of it draws from the 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 previous traditions Mm. and it's it's not overlooked you know you have to yeah it it comes from a a feeling of you know it's it's a well-respected tradition yeah but i feel i'm stronger as a ellen pipe player version boundaries Mm -hmm. um to to maybe Maybe a, a more modern um, feel, 
Um, I don't know whether that's because it, it's, I suppose it's always the music that's drawn me in. I've, I'm always interested in playing and always will be uh, an Ellen Piper, a traditional Ellen Piper to the core. Yeah. But the, the more modern stuff, uh, I really enjoy listening to and also composing. I mean, when I'm composing music, um, the more modern stuff seems to roll uh, a lot, a little easier either me than, you know, the traditional tunes and even like the, the band stuff. So I've been involved in a band called Conla since 2016. Yeah. A lot of the, the tunes were our own compositions and as well. And it was, it was the same for that, you know, whenever I'm writing tunes, it just seems to be a more modern syncopated uh, element that, that comes That's out of me, I suppose. Yeah. But um but yeah for sure I know I, I actually had another interview this week and he'd said something very very similar I uh, it was like it said that the sound of the Ellen pipes obviously it's deep rooted in it, its traditions mm. but there's almost like the the elements with the the more modern stuff and you've got electric guitar in there as well yeah it's, it yeah. sounds a bit more like a a, a like a rocky element in there almost like a celtic rock as well yeah, which is definitely. yeah, it's I suppose that um, no, it was. Cool. I I knew whenever I, w- I was creating the 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 album that I wanted to have a, a little bit more of a modern approach to it, um, because yeah. that fundamentally was the the uh, the project from the Arts Council. So that was what I'd put uh, forward for. So I see. it kind of grew legs from there and here we are. There you go. Exactly. So, well, I think at this point then in the chat, we should maybe play some of this. So we're going to play a little quick clip then of the title track then called Unearthed and listen to the introduction of this, just as you say, all those little faint noises and stuff. Yeah, that absolutely makes this track. So here's a little clip of Unearthed.
So, Connor, this album has now been shortlisted for the Northern Ireland Music Prize for Album of the Year. That's definitely a vote of confidence right there, mate. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so far so good. Um, I'm quite blown away, to be honest with you. Uh, it, it had made the long list and it went out to a public vote. Unfortunately, I didn't uh, get enough for the public vote, but it had been selected for uh, it, the, the shortlist anyway by some mad miracle. And I was, <laughs> I'd been uh, made aware then that I I was actually the only traditional uh, slash, well, traditional artist on the entire shortlist. Yeah, yeah, whether, that's whether what I was going to say. Mm-hmm. Whether that's a, a album, single, video, whatever it may be. So that, that in itself... Um, kind of blew me away uh yeah. oh, more, more, more so absolutely and hear more of it I, i'm such a huge fan of it for sure so i have to say then you are going to be playing at the actual award ceremony itself in november whereabouts is it do you want to remind us about that gig uh yeah it's at uh, ulster hall um on the 15th of november as far as i'm aware oh yeah <laughs> so looking awesome. forward to it and uh i'll be playing with the unearth band uh, which comprises right. myself, um, Paul Starrett on electric guitar, Jack Warnock on acoustic guitar, and uh, Fenton Mulholland on percussion. Ah, there you go. All righty. That's kind of a who's who there. Fantastic. So, well, I have to say, Connor, it's been such a pleasure chatting with you on the show, mate. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, uh, pleasure's mine. I've got a few questions before I let you go, though. Uh, well, obviously, what are your plans for the future? Have you any gigs in that coming up in the near future? Or, uh, Yeah, so I have, um, actually next week, I have a North American Showcase, which is done in Galway. Um, mm-hmm. So the, the idea is that there's, there's 12 uh, artists have been selected, and it's basically a showcase for uh, all North North American festivals. I think there's 50 festivals in attendance. Uh, oh, and the idea yeah. is that they, they come and then you get your bookings for uh, next summer. So yeah. I've got that. Uh, Ulster Hall, uh, 15th of November. Mm-hmm. I've got a, another um, showcase in January as well. Um, there's a couple of tours booked for a year to 18 months time uh, right. as well. And wow. then I've, I, in between times, I've been sh- uh, turned with a show called Irish Celtic. Oh, yes, um, of course. I, yeah. So is, is that still touring at the moment? Like, or, or are we just waiting on future dates? Uh, yeah, so yeah. Uh, it's it's kind of all booked up, to be honest with you. So I, mm. um, I'll be away actually over Christmas, unfortunately. Oh. Uh, leave the 13th <laughs> of December and we come back to the start of uh january uh it's all in germany and then there's uh, a few shows uh in europe in february then we go to montreal for a week uh and then it's touring in france then for five weeks uh over st patrick's day wow Um, connor you're an incredibly busy man (laughs) so we do have a couple of big rab show staples that we need to ask you so first of all uh what is your favorite cheese have you got one? Oh, there's a question. That is that's a bold question. I don't even know if I get to answer that. Uh, <laughs> it's a difficult go, one, isn't it? It is. Um, <laughs> let's go for the classic cheddar. Oh, nice one! Yeah, boring, 
boron, but you can't beat it. But you know what I mean? It's good. Slice it up, melt it over toast. That's it. Couldn't beat it. And also, then, well, and our final question, then, just to let you go, is that uh, have what has been your most memorable moment to date with an instrument under your arm? Has there ever been a moment where you thought, wow, look where I am? That kind of thing? Yeah. um, um, So I have two that spring to mind. Mm. Um, Actually, three. Uh, Go for it. Yeah. So, (laughs) and they're actually, they're all current, you know, facets of my career right now. Um, So the first one is, uh, we were one of the headliners, the, the band, uh, Connella in Milwaukee Irish Fest and we were on the main stage um, you know you're playing in front of thousands of people um, they're kind of pinch yourselves moments sure uh, yeah, I can see that mm-hmm. so you're, you're sitting in front of you know a sea it's, of it's, eyes it's, it's, it's amazing and you know to, to feel your own music captivated by those people um, was one of those moments for me uh, the second was actually my album launch um, in Belfast. Yeah. Uh, I have to say, after you know, it was two, say two, three years of of work comprised um, into an album, and then I replicated it all live. And for me, that was like really up there with one of the most magical nights of my life. Uh, seeing friends, family, and even just music lovers um, that are just genuinely just interested in music. Uh, Sing, even sing your own tunes. uh, (laughs) was special. Yeah, yeah, it's a special moment. And then the the last one um, was uh, a part of the Irish Celtic show. Um, So I sat down to do uh, the piping solo that's in the show in front of seven and a half thousand people Oof. in the palette in the palette of sport in Paris, and it wow. was my first show. Um, and I sat down and kind of just looked out and went, "Wow, this is this is magical." Yeah. You know, you, you kind of take those. Sometimes you can take those moments for granted. You know, you're you're playing, yeah, in front of you know anywhere from five people to thousands of people and you kind of just go people are here to see this and you you know they might be having such a terrible time in their lives or there must be there's something going on Mm. but for that that hour or two that they're that they're there to see the show you know you see the smiles on their faces whether they're smiling or laughing or you know crying or there's just such emotion in in live music and to see that, I suppose that the express the expression of, you know, those transitions, whether they're laughing or crying, yeah. um, is something that musicians really thrive off. I know I do for sure. <clears throat> like I, it's the reason why I still play music. Um, there you go. Is is captivating yeah. that? I suppose so. That's a, that's that connection with the audience. Yeah, that makes it really special. So, no, there you go. I'm sure you've now motivated thousands of Highland Pipers out there now that are all going to put down their Highlands and pick up a set of Allen Pipes now. Yeah, so... <laughs> that's, that's the goal. We'll there you all, go. We'll all, we'll all, we're all in this together. <laughs> 
Connor, thank you so much for chatting with us on the pod this week, man. I really appreciate it. And for everyone who's interested then, have you any kind of points of contact, websites, anywhere where people can check out your music? Yeah, of course. Uh, my my own website, connormallon.com, and it's Connor with one N. Uh, I've got a Facebook page, uh, Connor Mallon Music, uh, Instagram, all the usual yeah. points of contact. All the socials. Yeah, indeed. Connor, I can't wait to see you back out on the stage again, mate. No doubt it'll be sometime soon. And yeah, I'll hopefully catch up with you again down the road. Connor, thanks a million for joining us this week. Thank you. Absolute pleasure. Thank you very much. Thank you so much, Connor. Uh, yeah, I have been a huge fan of his work for the longest time. I've thoroughly enjoyed his new album. And you folk out there, if you're anyway curious at all after what you just heard, then go and visit his website. Go and check out this album, Unearthed. You will not be disappointed. I do know that a good majority of you listening right now are Highland Pipers, and that entire conversation probably was not relevant at all. But I would urge you to go and explore this area of piping that may not you know, be within your wheelhouse. But it's definitely a fascinating area. And, you know, having that upper register and all of those extra fifths and flats and sharps, very interesting piping world to be involved in. I'm very curious about playing a set myself. Don't know if I'll actually be able to handle it with all the regulators and whatnot, but I'm curious. And, yeah, the music that you can produce with these pipes is incredible. Huge thank you to Connor Mallon for joining us on the show this week. Um, absolutely chuffed to bring that to the show. And for all of you folk listening right now, hope you enjoyed that. If you did, uh, or even if you didn't, email us in. <laughs> TheBigRabShow.com. That's our website. And our email address is always BigRabShow at gmail.com. Send us in your thoughts. Alrighty. There you go. I thought that was a fun topic this week. Quite a cool one. Thank you, Connor. All right. So just to remind you before I do fly out the door that next week we are crowning our world champion Big Rap Show Award winners. Yep. I can't wait for next week. It's going to be so much fun. Big Rap Show Award winners get announced next week. And uh, yeah, be sure to get your votes placed before the 4th of November. All right. Just around the corner, you don't have long to get your votes placed. So go to the website, big button right at the front of it, bigrabshow.com. Go and get your votes in. And yeah, good luck to all of our competitors in there for the Big Rab Show Awards. We will be announcing the winners next week. So be sure to be tuned into the Rab Show pod next week and find out whether you've won or not. There you go. All right, that's it for another Big Rab Show. Thank you all for downloading this week and each and every week. And don't forget... 
yeah tell your mates about our wee show and if you yeah want to help support us then you can you can check us out on patreon there's tons of great stuff up there uh where you can get your mitts on loads of extra stuff Alrighty, that's it i'm out the door thank you all and i will see you all next week all the best Well, that's it for another Big Rab Show podcast. Thanks so much for downloading this week. And a special thank you to our sponsor, G1 Reads. Played by bands around the world, they are the champion's choice. Check out g1reads.com for all of your piping needs. Don't forget to check out thebigrabshow.com to be kept up to date with all of the latest news and views from around the piping world. And also, check us out on Patreon for five bucks a month. You can get your hands on tons of extra pipe and goodness and be a part of the Patreon faithful. So, until next week, folks, we'll see you right here on the Big Rab Show podcast. All the best. <laughs>